Welcome to the Make More, Keep More show, an irreverent but never irrelevant show dedicated to all things money. Hosted by Ron Carruthers and Dominic Cummins, two guys with 50 years of combined experience in sales and finance and a lifetime of talking nonsense. This is the Make More, Keep More show. It's been on hiatus for a couple of months here for reasons. And um, this is the show where we talk about all things related to money, to making it, keeping it, growing a business, selling a business, stacking cash, paying the least amount of taxes, everything. And I'm Ron. I am the more keep more of the um, side of things. And then Dominic, you are the make more side of things. Although we all kind of talk about whatever's happening. Dominic Cummins runs Real Biz Advisors and he is, um, we'll give lovely CJP a second shout out because she joined and then unjoined. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Dominic, you do leadership training and all sorts of things. Oh, and my audio's lit. Dominic, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, it is a little faint. I will say I started to tie it, turn up my volume and it's not working. So I'm on AirPods, so I have no idea how to turn them up. Do you guys have any suggestions here? Yeah, drop them in the chat if you do. I don't have any other suggestions for that. So I got nothing for you guys. Sorry. Anyway, welcome back, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, appreciate having you guys. And um, it's good to be back, right, Dominic? What have you been up to in the last two and a half months? It is. It's good to be back. Oh, boy. It's been, um, let's see, uh, so much. I mean, there's everything from falling down a flight of steps, completely sober and getting a concussion, to going on a nice <laughs> ski trip, to Dude, doing... Admitted, Ivana pushed you, and you probably <laughs> deserve that. You know, here's, here's what the best part of it is, is that, like, so... Um, my brother-in-law invited over his cousin who's like this really successful lady she's got you know uh like a really neat business and i was like oh well that could be an opportunity right you know how you know how we entrepreneurs are i was like oh maybe i could chat with her she's walking down the steps in front of me and i i've got the first step i had to like duck under and just that was it that was the end of that because i'm wearing heavy boots it was negative 22 degrees outside when we were coming back into the house and I didn't slip on ice or anything. It was just I hit huge heavy boots and then I missed part of the step and fell almost took her out. So then I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to bring up what we're, our, my business does. I think I'm not going to talk about that. But <laughs> actually, the great part of it is I don't even remember most of dinner. So it was uh, ended up in the ER that night, but all good. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, it's been good. We had a great trip on that one. It was lots of skiing. You've you've taken trips. I think you've flown to another continent since then. It's been we've been crazy busy with clients. I was over over Christmas holidays. I, I mean, I'm sorry, over Thanksgiving. I was up in the UK with my daughter, and um, so we had a great time there. It was just a pretty much, you know, it's a dead weekend. There's nothing to do, so I went over and saw them. There is no Christmas in the, I mean, no Thanksgiving in the UK. Yep. But I did get a shepherd's pie with turkey and gravy and cranberry sauce and stuffing, and actually not gonna lie it was pretty great yeah and then i was up in one country for a little bit then i came back had a conference that i spoke at in orlando right after the first of the year and then i had um i got the flu and when i say i got the flu like i was sick like i have not been in years mm -hmm. and so i i sadly didn't lose it anyway but i mean i was laid out for probably the better part of a week and a half. Now, mind you, I only missed one day at work, but in between everything at work, I my head was going down on the desk and I was having to lay on the floor. It was a hot mess. And uh, and then you got your concussion 
And here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So, you know. So, I know, I know, first of all, you've been doing, by the way, Dan, what's up, man? And Alex, good to see you guys. Um, Dominic, tell me what's been going on that you can tell me with all the leadership stuff that you've been doing. Because I know you've been pretty busy with that for the um, LA County fire stuff. Yep. What's been going on there? Uh, it's awesome. That's what I've been seeing in the world of money. Yeah. So we've been, um, uh, we're on, we've done five five months of a six month academy uh next week is or excuse me week after next is our capstone event the graduation event where we graduate these guys out of the leadership academy which will be really cool um we had about 80 people go through the academy um which was they were just awesome the, the participation has been great um a lot of really interesting discussions and uh just neat stuff it's really fun to get an insight into their um, world. In fact, today I'm actually getting out on a on a rig today and getting to spend some time with them. Over actually, yeah, yeah, a couple of those in we're the next couple weeks. Short today because of that. You're going on a ride along. I am, and it should be to... interesting because it's uh you know dumping rain here, and you know what happens in Southern California when it starts raining. So we'll see. <laughs> it should be should be an interesting day. Um, but yeah, no, they're just they're so, such. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Here's what's crazy. It's sunny down here. Oh, so guys, I'm about. Dominic's in LA, just north of the harbor there in San Pedro. I'm down in Carlsbad, about 30 miles north of San Diego. So what? I'm maybe 60 miles to the south, 80. Yeah. southeast of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's totally sunny here. I mean, it's not exactly warm for Southern California, but oh no, we're in direction. we're in flash flood advisories. There's a blizzard warning for Ventura County, which is just north of us, which is a little crazy. Um, yeah, there's, they're getting like a tons of snow in the mountains and yeah, it's, it's raining outside right now. It's not real bad, but it's cold and it hailed here yesterday. My kids were pretty excited hey. about that. So it could be worse though. My sister, it's got another 15 inches of snow in Wyoming. So she lives yeah. in Wyoming. What did she do? I know. She, right. <laughs> well, she sends me these Sorry. reports every day and I'm like, well, the only excitement we had down here was it was so windy the other day. I thought I was going to have to try tie strings around the chicken's feet because, <laughs> I mean, they were getting blown. You'd see them walking through the coop and they'd be getting blown over. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, Dominic, what are we chatting about this season? Oh, man, so much good stuff. Well, it's always going to be about money. It's always going to be. I saw we had some question about maybe it was like something like getting started. In the, I fl flashed by I quit it pretty quickly there, but... Um, getting started in the financial industry. I mean, I think what we, we enjoy talking about is those of you who are business owners, thinking about being business owners, what can you do to make it in this mess? I think we're coming up on, I'm coming up on, I think, eight years as an entrepreneur, something like that. You're uh, 20 plus years of being an entrepreneur and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe edging up on 30. Uh, so we got a few things to share on that um, that topic because you know making it past the first year or two is kind of the critical critical piece of it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have some guests on to talk about their entrepreneurial experience. We're going to talk about finances of all sorts. That's what's coming up this season. And as always, answer the questions that the folks have. So I'll tell you guys what's really interesting. First of all, since we last did this podcast, interest rates are back in the reasonable range yep. where they haven't been in almost 20 years. So I mean, CDs are back to paying 4%, um, 5%. Insurance companies are giving higher bonuses, higher caps. Insurance um, products are 
more friendly than more even more favorable than they had been we finished up the year because we haven't done one of these podcasts since the end of the year with the absolute perfect trifecta bad storm now it wasn't terrible like 2008 but we had a year last year where the markets dropped 20 percent the bond markets dropped 20 percent crypto don't even want to talk about that <laughs> but mine like everybody else's is down probably 50 percent. i think it might be back up a few percent real estate started to drop at the end of the year and so we we're going to talk first of all, about the downside of these higher interest rates, because there always is a downside. I'm not just referring to the mortgage, but um, we'll do a session on the tax implications now that interest rates are higher again. Um, and we'll even talk, I've got a guest in the wings on mortgages and kind of how you should structure your house and what you should think about if you are looking at buying. I've got a guest, a guest in the defense industry. And if you guys that are interested in getting into defense contracting, which is really lucrative. Like we've got 25 year olds making 150, 200,000 a year plus getting living stipends. Um, we're gonna have a guest on for that. I've got a really interesting real estate guest y'all that I'm trying to nail down. He is, so there's a whole cottage industry of real estate gurus from local guys to national guys. And when I say guys, I mean guys in mills and stuff like that. And kind of the granddaddy of them all <clears throat> is Ron LeGrand. And if any of you guys ever want to learn real estate, he's the guy to learn it from. But we've got one of Ron's students lined up, Dominic, that does a similar kind of no real cash out of your pocket. I mean, it obviously costs something, no credit, how to buy homes that way, particularly as prices start to come down. Um, but he also is a trust expert because a lot of these guys that are real estate investors don't want to have, for good reasons, don't want to have anything in their own name. Because if you own 5, 10, 15, 20 properties, the last thing you want is somebody getting hurt at one and able to look up that you owe 19 others. So we're going to have him on. And he is hilarious. Ron's a great, Ron Legrand is a great instructor. Ron is not hilarious. <laughs> um, and Ron actually is almost 80. He kind of skews a little towards grumpy. And by the way, he skewed that way for a long time. His patience is just zero. Why are you asking these dumb questions? They just need to get a, get a deal. Right. Whereas Lou is really good at explaining that stuff. I got one of my buddies that we can get on to you that is a, a tax expert. Yes, I am too. But he specializes in real estate investors. So he's got some interesting stuff on cost segregation that we do, but he can articulate better than me. So I got some good stuff lined up for you guys too. Sweet. So we got a good show and we are going to get your, your, do I want to call him your man crush? We're going to get Robert on dude. We're going to get Robert on the show. So, and we need you to do a leadership session for us on all that kind of stuff. Man, we got good stuff lined up. Yep. So should be a fun show. Should be a fun, fun season for sure. I think this is season I, I four, which is crazy. I don't even know. I know, I know you got to leave a little bit early today, but Dominic, what do you want to chat about today? What's, what's on your mind? I think actually part of what you just brought up was something that I thought would be kind of interesting because it is interesting. It's inter the market is just not the market, like the stock market. That's fascinating to watch the yo-yo of the stock market and some of the things that are, that are doing well and some of the things that aren't. And it's just kind of fascinating right now. Um, I'm sure the swing trader episode, if you guys, we had one, I can't remember exactly what episode I'll pull it up and so find out what it was, but 
late last season, we had somebody on who was an expert in, in uh, swing trading, um, which, you know, this might be the time if you want to jump into that, take one of his courses and learn how to do it. Uh, but I think, yeah, the interest rate stuff is fascinating to me. The real estate stuff is interesting. It's uh, we had Peter on like episode or season one, I think the my my real estate agent, we had him on to talk and it was um, he sent out his you know regular communication and email and and newsletter and stuff the other day. And he was saying that actually that the prices here like locally aren't really dropping all that much, which is which is true. I mean, they've come off the high, but they're still still high like if you will yeah they're still up there because there just still is a demand issue there's still a lot of people trying to get homes and still trying to get so he's he it's interesting that the uh interest rates haven't had such maybe it's maybe it's location by location but um haven't had such a massive impact like oh great let's we're gonna have home prices could be in the bear you know we'll, we'll buy let's just wait a couple more months and we'll buy it at a, at a fire sale that hasn't really shown up yet at least that i've seen i don't know are you noticing that too um prices are starting to come down here and definitely i have a decent amount of real estate agent clients down here and they're noticing that prices are starting to come down and escrows are getting canceled hmm. so i think you know it's interesting because we got so spoiled by really like exceptionally low interest rates for almost 20 years um 17, 18 years, really like the mid 2000s is kind of when they started chopping interest rates. And it's really interesting because there's a negative side to that. Um, Northwestern Mutual is one of the biggest life insurance companies around. And if you look at their dividends that they've paid out over the last 20 years, they're really low. And so a lot of people's policies that depended on that, those interest rates were affected. And, and again, you guys may not realize just how big the insurance industry is the backbone of the country because they don't advertise the way wall street does and they're not you know sexy like crypto is but you have a lot of seniors in particular with a lot of money in banks and insurance companies getting a tenth you know or a two percent interest rate so it is nice from the one hand to start to see those come back up of course it sucks if you're buying a house and you were hoping for a 3.75, you know, mortgage rate, and now you're stuck at five and a half. On the other hand, I'll remind you guys, a lot of you listening aren't old enough, and sadly, I'm barely old enough to remember the Carter years, where CDs paid 15%, but mortgage rates were 18%. Yep. Your parents and grandparents bought houses at 18% mortgages. Gas went through the roof, like to a buck fifty a gallon or whatever it was, but you had to wait in line to get it. The country and Carter was a nice man, and you know I'm, I'm sad to hear he's on hospice, but by all measures, he was an absolutely terrible president. And then he went on to do all these amazing humanitarian things, and you know just was an is an amazing human being. But as presidents went, it's the only one my very military. You know, my ex-Navy grandfather, former Navy grandfather, who wouldn't talk bad about any president, that's the only one he made an exception for. Yeah. So, I, and my comment always would be, hey, if you're not in a hurry, watch prices, wait for them to come down. I believe they will more. And I think you'll particularly see it this summer would tell us what's going on, because I think that's when statistically most people move is spring and summer anyway, so the kids can get set up for fall. But... um I think you might start to see some real bargains come fall. 
after the summer season's over. But I'm not an expert in this. So that's that's merely my opinion, looking at the chart of what happened in 06. Our prices went skyrocketed up in 0405, 06, and then kind of tapered over and then really fell off. And in California, it took 10 years, 12 years to get back to break even there. It was 2018 before people were back at what their houses were worth in, in 2006. So yep. that's my little rant on that. No, it's it's and it's a good point. I mean, I think I bought a house in 2005, so that worked out well for me. But the, uh, it, you know, I, I do think do think yeah if you if you have to there's always a situation we talked about this with with all the experts we brought on there are situations where you need to move you have the you've saved up the money your budget's your budget you find your dream house buy it right but there is certain there is definitely some truth to to just waiting around and i think it's you know even when we don't talk about the carter administration for instance fast forward to like the reagan administration the next the very next one right um I remember as a child, my kid, my parents still paying like 10, 12% on their mortgages. And when we bought our house and we moved into Oceanside, um, where my mom still lives, that house, I think if I remember correctly, I mean, they bought it for 140,000 and I think the interest rate was 9%, you know, yep. so it wasn't, and that was an 87. So you're not talking about it's not beyond the the uh oh, look at that mr marcus murphy um you're uh uh who who we got to get you on the show one of these days sir marcus why uh, are you holding out on us i know right um because he's he's one of those five percenters uh so he'll get that it's a random reference uh so yeah, just like, huh? yeah never yeah, mind yeah. keep going that's his name of his company um but anyway so yeah i think when you look at people being at that nine uh twelve percent type of um, you know, it, it's just, it, people are going to consider you to buy houses, I guess is my point. Like, you know, my parents did that, the, the payment, I don't remember what the payment was, $140,000, but at like eight or 9%, some brilliant person probably can do that. That was a healthy payment back in those days in the late eighties, but they still bought the house. That was because my mom fell in love with it. They needed to move. There was issues. My dad's, you know, stuff with his job. I mean, it just had to happen. So they bought it. Now that house is worth give or take a million. It's not in an area that has appreciated so great but it's around that million dollar range and you know, it's paid off now, but I remember she refinanced it was stoked to refinance it at like 5%. And, and those, again, t- talking about interest rates right now, I think they're in the fives or sixes maybe now is yeah, they're in the fives. Yeah. Fives. So if you think about that, like everything's perspective, my parents were thrilled to refinance at 5%. So people are still going to buy homes at this 5% because it's really not, we were in a, we were in a pretty nice little period there where we were so low in interest rates. But I do have a question for you on an asset allocation, because I know you like this type of topic. So when it comes to asset allocation, do you modify anything from a cash perspective? Because here's what I'm thinking from a um, lay person. I haven't been in that, that side of the industry in years. Market's really volatile. Things are all over the place from that perspective. Um, I may be not wanting to buy into real estate because what we just talked about but then CDs are starting to go up to like healthy percentages again. Would you start to consider yep. more of that cash play, like money market CD type of thing? Would you, how, how would you, I know your, you know, cash value life policies and things like that are, are one that you're, you're a big fan of. How do you say it? Properly structured cat whole life. Cash value. Oh, cash you've value been properties. trained. No, not whole life. Cash I mean, value policies. Big difference. Sorry. Yep. Um, you can say cash value. You can say permanent. Do not say whole life. But where are we, where are we putting, um, 
where are we putting cash right now? I mean, would you consider a CD? That just feels so like old person. No, no. Okay. Uh, but here's why I wouldn't. And so this is the dark side of the compound interest. So for any of you listening to this call that are married, making more than $105,000 combined household income or single making more than $50,000, you know, like net income. So if you have a business, we're not talking gross, we're talking net. You are in the 22% tax bracket. And if you live in a state that has state income tax, let's call that another five or six, we'll just round up and call it 30% taxes. So I just explained this to someone yesterday and I've explained it to even a few of you on this call. Here's the problem with that. Um, oh, I will, I will, Dan, I'll, I'll look out for you. He's like, give us a call. So talk about cash plays. But here's the problem with some of the cash there that people don't realize. So if you've got $100,000 idle cash, it's just sitting in a CD. And again, that's not bad from the standpoint of you should always, even if you're super young, we don't recommend all of your money going to the stock market, the crypto market. We always want to keep balance. We draw it out for our clients. Dominic, yellow tank, green tank money, you know, on our kind mm -hmm. of plumbing system visual that we use to help our clients kind of visualize what's I've happening. I've seen that. That thing's cool. It's cool. And we just like, look, man, you know, and we get clients that are coming right up to retirement where 90% of their money is in the yellow tank. And the 10 most critical years in someone's retirement are the five years before they retire and the five years after it. And you can control the five years before. So a lot of people that were getting ready to retire in 2008 were like, well, I think I'm going to wait a little bit because the market's just tanked. But the five years after is much harder to control. And so we had clients, I'm going somewhere and I'm getting back to your question. We had clients retire last year with like, ah, oh man, I was planning on retirement. I'm like, I don't know if I can because the markets are down. We're like, dude, you got all this money stacked in cash over here that I made you put, that you cried like a baby sometimes when I made you put over there. But guess what? that hasn't dropped we'll use that and we'll leave this alone and we can just manage it that way so that's one aspect but because of the tax issue i'm about to explain to you guys we first of all bonds do not count as safe money because they can lose value right. secondly and they lost 20 percent of their value last year now let's go to the tax issue so one of my clients was um i don't know how old he was he was like in his 30s and he has this hundred thousand and so I was showing him last night, look, man, in 20 years at a 5% rate of return, your hundred's going to grow to about 250. I think we actually pulled the plug at um, 18 years. So he's 40 and he wants to retire at, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was an 18 year time frame. So $100,000 grows to 240. But here's the problem. At the low end tax rate, my dude is actually in the 30% tax bracket or 35%. At 30%, whenever he earns that percent return on $100,000, that's $5,000 his first year. Now what happens is that represents $1,500 on his taxes. Are you with me so far? So far. Now, he it's a silent tax. Cause he just sees the interest. Like there's no connection that 
for most of my clients that that hundred thousand making that five cost me that 15 on my return because they just see the bottom line and their account never sits down and actually explains to them like bro we gotta we gotta do something about that because over the 18 years his hundred grew to 240 but it cost him 45,000 from his lifestyle along the way in silent taxes. So what the, where the life insurance conversation comes in is, hey, if we're not going to use that right away, we'll get five, six or seven percent from an index universal account. Now, granted, there's, you know, some some fees on it and some stuff. But overall, at the end of the 18 years, we'll have more cash than the 240, 95% of the time. And we paid zero tax along the way because we insulated it. So we not only have more like 275, let's call it, we didn't pay the 45. Now, the other way that that math goes is if you actually pay it out of the account, then instead of having 240,000 at the end of 18 years my my dude would only have 180. so we're like you you know and i'll draw this out for you guys in a future lesson that it's just it's one of those silent taxes and when i draw it for my clients you know what looks like a big plumbing system we're like this is the equivalent of having holes punctured in your tanks where you're storing money because you don't even realize that and again for the last 15 18 20 years it hasn't been a big deal because everybody's been getting a tenth of a percent or, you know, two zero tenths of a percent. Mm -hmm. So your interest has been laughable. But now that interest rates are going up and hopefully there's a middle ground, we don't need mortgages going to 12% or 18%. But it really, it is not good for the health of the overall economy to have these really, really low rates. You know, if CDs can stay around four or 5%, which means insurance companies can pay their dividends, again, which supports seniors, which also means, you know, lots of other things going good going on. That's kind of that sweet spot. This is going to be a problem going forward, particularly as taxes get raised, which I, I maintain that at some point they have to. Right. Are you sorry you asked the question? No, I actually, this is what I wanted. I mean, I, and I think the audience seems to like it. We got, you got some <laughs> thumbs up there and and uh you know we didn't go to zero on the watch uh, i didn't even, I didn't even wait till the second episode to get a rant going no it was so, good it was go. good i uh i know who i won't mention currently uh, as far as your debt expert that we don't want you going off on about right now but i say expert in air quotes um no i think this oh, is ramsey yeah <laughs> so this is what well, i wanted to bring it up because i think the attraction is, especially with uh, folks of a certain age, let's put it, um, you know, those over 60, if like Marcus is still watching, I'm kidding, he's younger than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, I think that the, the appeal is, oh, wow, finally interest rates are going up. I got to start putting some money in some CDs. And it's just, that's not a good, it's not a good play, right? Like it's just, it's also you're married to it. And the one thing that I've understood about when you've talked about, for example, your insurance play is that you're self banking. You do have access to that money. You could theoretically get to some of those payouts. You can pay yourself out of that. You just, you offer yourself and there's other vehicles. Tax, tax free, by the way. Right. That. Right. That's a, that's a handy thing. Uh, and so it gives you some opportunities to be able to get cash and other 
it still have access to that money. And one of the things that we'll continue to talk about that we talk about in, I think, every season and almost every episode is cash is king. Right. If you're going to go buy and, and this drives me a little crazy, like, you know, the, the, I won't go into all the things that drive me crazy about my father-in-law since my wife is listening and my sister-in-law is listening. So possibly my brother-in-law, <laughs> I won't get into too much trouble. But um, but I do listen to him like always like parking money in CDs and it doesn't allow you to get that access to things that you that could come up. Like we are going to have situations here where businesses are going to come available. It's been happening since you know, shortly after COVID started, businesses coming available to buy. Um, and there are ways to buy businesses with zero down. There's there's ways to, you know, sell or finance deals and all that kind of stuff. But let's presume you can't get one of those. There might be an opportunity for you to buy your competition, buy somebody's book of business. It could be that you could buy a uh, some real estate that does come up on the market. That you, Any number of things that CDs don't allow you to really have that kind of cash flexibility, but you still want your money working for you. There's just other plays. So that's exactly why I asked the question. And again, money markets are fine, but, and we'll explain kind of somewhere in this season where, what we do with chunks of money and why we use cash value insurance. And look, I get clients that roll their eyes at me and I'm like, no, stop and just listen to me for a second. And let me explain the math, call it whatever you want. You know, but understand that Bank of America, you know, Chase and Wells Fargo have about 80 billion in cash, in cash value life insurance, you know, sitting on their books. And I love when I see, you know, the guys who and again, we'll we'll change gears in a moment, y'all. But I love seeing the guys that think they're smart on Twitter that are like, oh, you know, oh, let's talk about the whole life scan. <laughs> and they think they're so clever and no one can ever answer the question to me. Like, if you're so smart and this is such a scam, tell me why B of A, Wells Fargo and Chase combined have $80 billion. Did one insurance guy go around to them and fool them all? Come on. Here's kind of, by the way, this is the, for those of you that haven't seen it, that are watching this, that's the drawing that we use. So the tank over there, the big white one is all the money you're going to make. Money kind of flows through. Notice that copper thing down there is the tax filter. And then we just break money down in, you know, is it safe? It's green. Is it, can it lose money or fluctuate in value? It's yellow. And um, so anyway, yes, Dan, because they're losers. It's, and, and, it's like, look, I was ignorant too. And I fought the people that tried to teach this to me for three years. And finally, I admit I'm wrong. You guys are right. I, I'm ignorant. Um, but anyway, so those extra taxes are like just holes in your bucket where money's leaking out. So again, we just want to pay attention to it. Now, strategically, there may be very good reasons for keeping cash. I recommend it because like you said, for expense or opportunity. So markets crash 50%. You think they're coming back. Houses start to go on sale. Hell, we talked last season about that one dude who basically bought all of downtown Houston for, you know, minimal when houses, when the oil market crashed and houses were going for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, he was blowing up city blocks and then just sitting on them, but he couldn't have done it without the cash because no bank would have lent him on that. Um, let me tell you one other thing, just thinking about taxes. 
Somebody explained this to me, and I don't think I've shared it on the show, but right now on the debt clock, in fact, I'm going to go pull this up real quickly, what the debt clock says that we are in debt as a country. Um, this is usdebtclock.org. You guys can go look this up. The country is $31 trillion, billion in debt. That means per citizen, we owe $94,400. By the way, I also believe that's why interest rates can only go so high because the government has to pay interest on that debt. So interest rates can only go so high. They really can't go a whole lot higher because it's unsustainable. But let me break that down for you to give you some idea of what that number actually means. If you spent $1 every second, 24 seven, so one, two, three, four, five, on and on in a day, you would spend 86 thousand four hundred dollars why i can't talk today i don't know eighty six thousand four hundred dollars in a day in one year it it would take you you would spend 31 and a half million dollars guess how far back you guys would have to go to have and when you would have started at that rate to today have spent one trillion dollars one not 31 trillion one you want to take a guess dominic I don't know, a couple hundred years? Yep, that's the average answer. I'll get 40 years, I'll get like, I don't know, like 300 founding of the country. You guys ready for this? At that rate, 31 and a half million a year, a dollar every second, you would have to go back 29,000 years before Christ. (laughs) That's one trillion. And so what's happened here is in 1982, the first time taxes, the top tax rate came down to 50% in 50 years. And they again, the problem with the top tax rate is that they raise the top tax rate, everybody else's rate eventually goes up too. If they lower it, everybody else's comes down. So this affects you even if you're not into the 1% or in that top tax bracket. So anyway, 1982, first time they dropped taxes down to that rate, Ronald Reagan, right? Uh, did he begin? Yeah, he became president in 82. I think that was maybe, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, he was the president in the 80s when we had the closest thing to a flat tax. But check this out. Back then, we were one, we went over one trillion in national debt for the first time. In 2000, we were five trillion dollars in debt. So it took us a hundred and 200 ish years as a country to get to one trillion. It took us 18 years to go to 4x that and then in the next 20 23 years we basically 5x it 6x it again um so yeah taxes are going to continue to be a problem (laughs) you know like like someone once said someone was called into a radio show and they were like man these politicians they're spending money like drunken sailors on shore leave and somebody else called in and went no drunken sailors spend their own money politicians spend everybody else's money i'm like oh that's a good one so anyway good line. you know cds are great look man getting interest is better than not getting interest um so i'm not suggesting burying your mat- money in the mattress and i'm not saying the only solution is you know a cash value life insurance policy but the taxes on that are the thing to pay attention to because most people don't because you, it's a hidden tax in there, 
and you stack that up over enough years and you have really given them some money that you didn't need to. And you can, and I'll, we'll discuss the solution somewhere in the next couple, three episodes, you know, where you can have access to the money, not pay the taxes and grow it tax free and not have market risk. So that's kind of my two cents. Hey man, when are you going to give us more of this leadership training that they throw money at you? Have you bought a Maybach yet? All the money they're giving you to do this leadership training? Uh, my wife just walked by. I'm sure she's going to laugh at that comment in a second. Oh, um, <laughs> or be like, what's a, a Maybach? I think, you need a Ma- I think you'd look good in a Maybach. Yeah, that's not really my jam. I think I'd be much more. I actually, what I did see yesterday was uh, there was this uh, vintage car place that that advertised that they have a uh, an Eleanor. If anybody knows that reference, gone in sixty seconds. I, Six, I the sixty eight Shelby GT five hundred. Uh, was that the original Gone in sixty seconds, or was it the remake? They both did the sixty eight. Really, I gotta go watch the original again. That was as a kid. That was one of my. Favorite They're both movies. great movies, to be honest. And actually, really? fun fact: the second one was filmed almost entirely all here. So the final jump is the bridge that I can see from my house. So nice. uh, when he when he you jumps, Eleanor. Sylvia's going wine tasting tonight. The dog and I might Scarlett and I might download that and watch uh, the original and the other back to back. Uh, I do. I see. There you go. Because my son hasn't seen it, and he was looking. I was showing him the picture of this '68. By the way, that was three hundred and sixty thousand dollars for that '68. I remember when you could buy them for fixed up for sub a hundred thousand, and and that wasn't that long ago. But anyway, um, great car. But so I'd rather spend money on that, to be honest with you, than I would probably buy a Maybach. But. Um, yeah, uh, so we can do leadership stuff anytime. I mean, if the if the audience likes it, I'm happy to talk about it. I love talking about it because, interestingly enough, we had a couple of topics. This is, might, might be some, especially those of you who are in leadership positions or or dealing with it. We did a really cool topic for um, something that we we actually had our agenda completely mapped out, and then something kept coming up at the fire department about. Um, you know, one of the big barriers to good communication, which communication and leadership sort of go hand in hand, not sort of, they are absolutely hand in hand. You have to be able to communicate. Hand in hand, yeah. And uh, was this whole topic of intergenerational communication. So we ended up modifying the content and devoting a whole session to it. Probably one of the coolest sessions we did other than the one on self-care, uh, <laughs> which uh, which is tough when your entire world is serving others as fire departments do. Um, Interesting. But is uh, we we went into this discussion on on intergenerational communication. So I'll share some of that. That might be if people find that interesting, because Let's do it. if you're talking about like managing millennials and you're a Gen Xer, you know, they just frustrate the crap out of you. But we actually did a ton <laughs> of research on it. But here's the great news is you're frustrating the crap out of them, too. And so there was a really cool session that came out of that. We actually had Gen Xers. We had some boomers, Gen Xers and millennials and borderline Gen Zers in the room and on one of the sessions and we got to get them all talking. And it was really fascinating what came out of that. Even stuff because I have we had actually had them do an exercise where they put like, who are your favorite artists? Who how do you communicate? How do you prefer to c- communicate? which is interesting because like the boomers are all like, I sh- just call me. And the, and the millennials are like, can you just send a text? Like seriously. Yeah. 
oh, I got to pick up the phone. Yeah, I right. And and so, um, and, and in that regard, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm definitely Gen X, but that feels like millennial to me. I hate talking on the phone, but that was too many years of telemarketing. But, um, but it's interesting because that a lot of what came out of it was like the millennials are putting down as like their favorite artists, like Jimi Hendrix and the boomers are like, what the heck? That's our artist. <laughs> what do you, yeah. so it ended up being, there was a lot of really interesting things. And one of the cool pieces, just so anybody, you know, needs this maybe today of, of if you're dealing with some of the younger generation is uh, the big thing that comes out of millennials is they just want collaboration. And we as Gen Xers tend to be, cause that's, that's the biggest chunk right now. If you look at the work distribution, it's Gen Xers and millennials are making up a massive chunk of the workforce out there right now. So right on, yeah. one of the big things is that we Gen Xers were the latchkey generation. So we are used to working on our own and doing things oh, on yeah. our own and making decisions on our own because we walked home from this bus and fended for ourselves for hours until our parents came home. I mean, that, that was how we lived. Right. So the uh, millennials, though, because f folks didn't like that, you know, basically got raised with, we think, being coddled, but essentially just had more attention than we had. They just want to collaborate. Yeah. So the big thing is, is like, if you're, you know, if you're struggling today, you can go fix it with like, just ask them, what do you think? So we had this really cool thing happen last session, the session, that was session four, session five. We asked for like, hey, have you, did you use any of the stuff we taught last couple of weeks since we saw you, blah, blah, blah. And this guy who's probably borderline boomer goes, I got to be honest with you. I never listened. I realized after that session, I never listened to my millennials ever, ever. Worse than, I mean, they start talking. I do other things. I have no interest in hearing what they're saying. So he's like, so I thought this time I'd take off my glasses, put down my phone and just go, what do you guys have to say? And we we're like, what'd you find out? He goes, well, I don't know that I liked everything they said. Okay. But what did you learn? He's like, you know what? They have some pretty freaking good ideas. They just lack experience. He said the ideas were good, but like, I just realized, oh, well, you, you have not experienced enough to understand why that idea might right. not work. So we were like, well, what did that mean? He goes, well, what I've been starting to do is just pair up my like more uh, experienced guys. I'm pairing those with a millennial. And I now, instead of pairing all my millennials together, because when none of us wanted to listen to them, I'm actually putting them with more experienced guys. And he goes, it's pretty unbelievable what's coming out of it. So it's just that kind of stuff. So that was a cool session. So we can talk about some of those and all that good stuff. It's just, it's been a really fascinating journey, but now we're actually in discussion with another department. So we'll, we'll see. And it's uh keep, nice, keep growing this thing. Love it. All right, man. I know you got a ride along. I do. So why don't we shove this for now yep. and uh, we'll get back to you guys. We'll even, we're even Dominic. We're going to get organized this time and let him know each week what we're going to be chatting about. <laughs> Man, I don't even know. Four seasons in, seems like it's the the minute the timing's about right. Yep. If so you guys want back episodes, by the way, it's makemorekeepmoreshow.com. Makemorekeepmoreshow.com. You can go there and get all the back. Favorite, or your favorite podcasting service, because I get mine on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Apple, Spotify. I got, uh, Dr. Brown. Good yeah, Dr. Brown's. You. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Um, we got, yeah, we got. Um, I have our podcast on there. I got the Huberman Lab. Love that guy. Although, God, he talks a lot. Um, <laughs> three hours for each of his podcasts. So even when you 2X it, 
you know, it's still an hour and a half. And then I got all my Dan Kennedy stuff on there. So, um, yeah, I also have a really good class for you guys that I've started teaching on entity structuring, like when to do, when to do each move. So I got some good stuff for you guys there. We got uh, a guest on flipping. Like if any of you guys are really stumped on how to get a small business going, like minimal time, I got him. We got good stuff for you guys. So maybe we we can even get your new best friend on talk about nonprofits. Uh, Oh, that. I was just about to say I have no friends, and then I realized that would be a lie. I do kind of like my new friend, Stacy. Yes. So, so we'll see. We'll see. All right, you guys. Yeah, it's make more, make more, keep, somebody asked, make more, keep more show. So you had most of it there. Make more, keep more show.com. And that's where where you can find it. Enter it on Apple, Spotify, any of those guys. And then for the person that asked, if you if you're still here and you want to DM me about like how to get started a financial career, that would bore anyone else who's not interested in it to death. But I can tell you how to get started on it, and I'm happy to. We're uh, caught up on our taxes for the moment, um, so I have some time to read DMs and and do stuff like that. So, D, have fun on the ride along. I will. Snap pictures if they'll let you. And uh, we will do this again next week. Same time, same everything. And it was good to see all you guys. And Dominic, good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, you guys. Thanks, guys.